I invite you to turn with us to James, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. From where come wars and fightings among you? Come they not here, even of your lust, the war in your members, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that they may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, how ye know that the know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. But he giveth us more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and be and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning. And your joy to heaven is humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Father, help us to understand how to grow closer to you, because we know without you we're nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of us are like Peter was when he had walked with the Lord, uh, close enough to receive the blessings but not close enough to be bold to stand up for the Lord. Close enough to be a part of his family, but not close enough to be involved in his work. He wants us to be close to him. I'm thankful, very thankful, that I was close to my daddy. Uh, I'm thankful that I was close to my daddy-in-law. Um... A lot of people can't say that, but I, I'm a blessed man to have had a good daddy and a, a good daddy-in-law. We just want to think about how, how do we get close to God? Is there a formula? Is there something that I can use to be drawn to him? Uh, and not only drawn to him, but want to stay uh, close to him. And in this uh, world situations that we live in today, we need to be close to God. We don't need to be following him afar off. Uh, some people do want to be close enough to feel the touch of the Lord. Uh, they want his blessings. They want his okay. And so therefore we must be faithful to the Lord. Faithful in all things the Bible says. Uh, faithful in our love toward one another. Uh, faithful in our giving, faithful in our worship, faithful in our witness, and the list goes on. Just being all God would want us to be. You know, you have expectations for your children, Led and I did. We still do. And God is no less. He has expectations for us. And we need to be willing to find what that is and to give it our all. Not 
so we will get praise for it, but so God will receive the glory for it. So how do we get close to God? According to James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, uh, verses 1 through 3 makes mention of a prayer. So here's your first point. There is the prayer that must be prayed. God is aware of everybody. God is aware of his children. Just like Lynn and I, we are aware of our boys, but we love to hear from them. Um, I'm thankful that, that our boy, they call me, hey, sometimes two or three times a week. Daddy, what you up to? Seem like the older I get, the more they call. You know, they, they're concerned about, but are you going to make it? How much longer are you going to make it? They're just concerned about their daddy. And, uh, of course, Lynn says, you need to be very careful. Josh is worried about you. He says, listen, don't y'all worry. Just be here when I need you. Uh, I never will forget Josh and, and Caleb, but we were <laughs> discussing their daddy. And uh said, daddy, we don't want you to be worried now as you get older and older and if a point comes when you can't take care of yourself, we don't want you to worry. We're going to take care of you. So we're going to pick out the best rest home we can find and put you there, you know. <laughs> well, the old man called his family in. He said, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. I got my bags packed and I'm, I'm soon to pull out. They all gathered around the bed. They were so concerned about their daddy. And... Uh, he said, I, I'm ready to go. I'm just ready to go. Well, Daddy, you, I know you don't know when you're going. He said, oh, yeah, I know when I'm going, and I know where I'm going. I said, well, when are you going? He said, I'm going this afternoon. I said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home with you. <laughs> I'm going to help look after you. But we want to be close to God. God's the same way. Listen, he's going to call us home one day. And what a joy, what a reunion uh, that's going to be just to never, ever have to say goodbye anymore. To be together as a family, praising God and, and just, uh, just having a hallelujah time. So how do we get close to God? There is the prayer that must be prayed. You see, prayer must be continuously um, offered continuously offered. Uh, I want to share some scripture verses with you, and you can write these down. We won't um, turn to them. In Acts 6, 4, the disciples said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer, seeking the Lord, wanting to know his instructions for our life. Nothing is more pleasing to God Just like nothing is more pleasing to parents than when a child says, hey, I know what I want to do in life, and they go for that education and pursue that. And God is no different. God loves it when we finally discover his will for our life and that we take off in that direction and we don't quit and we don't give up. I had the opportunity last evening to talk to a young man who is feeling the call to preach. He said, I need to talk to you. And so we went aside in a private place and he explained, he he just shared his heart with me. And I went back into the early 70s. I said, I know where you're coming from. I know exactly how you feel. 
I said, you've just got to wait on the Lord for the right moment. But I said, if you make that commitment, I beg you, don't turn around. Hey, Joy, it's good to see you. I just now noticed you. Amen. Continuously in prayer to God. It's an everyday thing. You know, I don't care if the boys call me every day. God wants to hear from us. He don't care how often we call him. As long as we call him, stay in touch with him. I want to turn to 1 Peter right quick. Uh, You don't have to turn, but if you're writing, uh, see if I can find 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. 1 Peter 3, 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His eyes. You say, what color is God's eyes? Don't know. It doesn't matter. The Bible says he don't sleep. So his eyes are never shut. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. His eyes are on us. His ears are open to us. But if we do evil acts, his face is turned away from us. You see, God cannot look at sin. That's why he turned his back on his own son when, he was, when Jesus was dying on the cross because God cannot look at sin. So when he looks at Jesus, he don't see our sins because they are under the blood. They have been removed as far as the east is from the west. They have been cast into the deepest part of the sea. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says to pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. No, you don't have to pray out loud, but you can have an attitude of prayer all the time. Lord, I'm headed this way. You know, what do you want me to do when I get there? Just, if you'll show me and tell me, I'll go at it wholehearted. I'm going to do it for you if I know and feel your presence. I have nothing to fear. Not only continuously praying, but this prayer that must be prayed uh, must be carefully offered. Carefully offered. Verse 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, the wrong reason that you may spend what you get on your own pleasure. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, in other words, if I harbor sin, God says, I'm not going to hear you when you speak to me. Sometime I'm, uh, I remember reflecting back on our boys when they were at home. They had disobeyed. They knew it. And they'd want to talk about something else. I pretended I didn't hear a word to say. Not until you get it settled. We can't move forward until we get this issue settled. And God is the same way. We, he's not going to allow us uh, in his, our relationship with him to move forward until we get it settled. There's two motives in this prayer. We're talking about a prayer that must be prayed. There's two motives. Listen. 
we need to pray for the purposeful will of God. You see, he has a purpose for us. He has a plan, and he has a program. And to find that plan and to follow that program is the best way to go. It may not look right. It may not sound right. We may not be interested in going the route in which he wants us to go, but it's the best option. And really, as a Christian, when we look at that, uh, it's the only option. If we're going to do his will, we're going to follow his uh, program and, and seek his will for our life. You know, it's not what I want. You remember what Jesus said to his father? I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to drink that cup. However, not what I want, but what do you want? So we pray for the purposeful will of God. Also, uh, another uh, 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 motive there is... Uh, Praying for the personal glory of God. So many times we want to receive the glory. We want to see, receive the praise when it needs to go to God. It needs to go to God. When prayers are answered, we should give God the glory. You know, so many times I'm in, in a hospital room and the per person is waiting to go to surgery. And we, we pray with them before they go to surgery and we wait to get a good word from the doctor. And then in the, after a while, the doctor comes in and gives us the good news that they're fine, everything's going to be good. And sometimes we fail right there to offer up another prayer of thanksgiving to God for what he has done. You say, well, the doctors did all. Well, there, God uh, used them. He allowed them to have a part in that. And so we need to understand and know that uh, there is a prayer that must be prayed. Secondly, according to uh, James here, there is the purity uh, that must be portrayed, the purity. No, I'm not pure, but God's will is pure, and his motive is pure, and ours needs to be. The reason behind what I do needs to be a pure uh, motive, a pure, uh, clear-cut idea of what God uh, wants. That's in, in verses 4 and 5. Um, we don't need to be guilty of running around on God. Look what the verse says. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Uh, we can't run with the world. Now, we have to be, we're in the world, but we don't have to be a part of what the world is doing. But now, I'm not talking about this earth ball and clay we live in. I'm talking about the people we associate with. We must be uh, a friend to them but we can't go their route. We as a friend need to share Christ with them and let them see Jesus in us so they'll have some kind of an example to follow. Because listen, a lost person knows nothing about the word of God. They may know it by heart, but they don't know from whence it comes from and who it comes from and where it, what its motive is unless they see it uh, in you and see it in me. So, you know, if we are... If we're running with the world, we're committing adultery against God. Well, how you get close to God? There's a prayer that must be prayed. And then there's the purity that must be portrayed through our life. 
but thirdly, there's the price. There's always a price, y'all, that must be uh, paid. What is that price, you say? Well, you know, it's not a money price. I do want to share with you what it is. There's a price of, of uh, being humble. Being humble before God. The Bible talks about uh, humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. And he, he'll take care of us. But we've got to humble ourselves under, okay? Not above. That's what Satan tried to do, above. Or even equal. We're supposed to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And he's promised to be there. He wants to be first. He is in charge. And so as we think about uh, the, the price that must be paid, um, there's a price of humbleness. That the verse, in verse, verse 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. Uh, give in to God. Sometimes we don't want to give in. I didn't. We need to give in to God because he knows best. Now, he's not going to reveal the entire will to us, okay? I thought after I surrendered to preach, okay, God, I've done, I've done it now. Uh, let's get on with something else. I've, I've surrendered to preach uh, according to your will, and let's let it rest. Let's, let's get on with life, okay? Nope, that wasn't enough. That was a start. Uh, I, you need to go to school. I don't want to go to school. You know, hey, if I could have quit and got what I got, I'd have quit. Nope, can't quit. You're going, you've got to go on, okay? So I went to school, graduated, came home. Okay, God, now then, I, I, want, to, I want to begin to do the things I enjoy doing, okay? That didn't last long either. First thing you know, here's a church, okay? I'll, if that's what you want, then I'll do that. And then one thing after another. You see, the will of God is progressive, okay? It is progressive. You, you will never finish the will of God until we get home. The will of God is ongoing, okay? If the will of God was one step, hey, we take that step and say, okay, good. I've done it now. I'm going to get on what life. It's an everyday thing following what God wants out of you and me. And nothing is more precious. Nothing is more satisfying than to know that we're in the will of God. Now, I don't want to be this kind of preacher. Well, I, I think uh, or I hope I want to know this is what his will is. And this is what we're going to seek after. And I pray, Lord, if, 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 if uh, far as I know, I've got it now. And if it's not what you want, then you stop it. You see, the devil's not going to lead any of us to do God's will. It's a struggle. Because the devil says, oh, you, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy doing that. Well, I'm human. How do I know I won't unless I try it? God has made the plea. God has made the offer. Will I accept or will I reject his offer? His offer comes through people. His offer comes through the word of God. His offer comes through situations. You see, you, you and I, I don't know what all I'll face tomorrow. Tomorrow's a holiday. But what will we face tomorrow? Where will we go? 
What is the plan for tomorrow? Do we have a plan? I'm satisfied that there everybody in here tonight, if you ask you, what are you doing tomorrow? You know, we know what we're doing, what our plan is. But we need to give God, uh, give him the glory for it. There's a price. But also there, there's a price of uh, a heartfelt repentance. Bible says, come near to God, verses 8 and 9. Come near to God. I never was afraid to go to my pastor until I knew what God was wanting and then I was afraid to go because I felt and knew if I told him what I felt God was telling me, <laughs> he was going to sink me on. And I really didn't want to hear that. But it was amazing when I went to my pastor, Gene Burdett, and told him, I said, Preacher, how do you know? How do you know God's calling you to preach? He said, well, Kenny, he said, be nice. When I got back to my study this evening, there was a letter on my desk from God saying, hey, would you tell Kenny to please answer? Or I got a phone call. He said, I'll tell you this. He said, if you could do anything else and be happy, I'd go do it. I'd done tried all that. I was happy, but not as happy as I could be. Okay, so we make it, sometimes we make it hard, now don't misunderstand this, sometimes we make it hard on God to get through to us because we don't want to give in. We don't want to humble ourselves before God. Well, come near to God, he says, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, all of us, and purify your hearts, you double-minded You see, God's face and Satan's back don't go together. The two just don't mix. God's face and the Satan's back, they, they don't mix. Jesus said, you either for me or against me. You can't be for me and for the devil. You can't worship me and worship the devil. You've got to choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will unconditionally serve the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to get serious about repenting of our sins. God reminds us of our sins. The Holy Spirit prods us. Hey, this is what you've done. You need to repent of this. And it is no good just to know about it. We must repent and turn away from it if we're going to follow the will of the Lord. Okay? There's a price of humble reliance. There's a price of, of hostile resistance because we Listen, uh, I want to jump back at verse 7, the second part. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, uh, resistance comes with a price. Now, I don't know a whole lot about engines today because they've got so many computers on them. You raise the hood, can't even find the engine. When I was raised up, 
and I went to mechanic school, there wasn't anything I couldn't do to an engine. I mean, I knew what made it tick, and if it wasn't ticking, I knew what to do to make it tick. But there was a little bitty tiny thing called a resistor. And if the resistor went bad, that whole amount of current shot in on the points and would burn them up, and it would not work without the resistor. 